so the first one on January 31st is Antarctica. Then we uh, travel back to South Africa and Cape Town for the second one. Then Perth in Australia, Dubai for Asia, Madrid for Europe, Fortaleza in like Northern Brazil, and then Miami for North America. Yeah, man, I mean, I would love to, I would love to win it um, and have the fastest average time. And my main goal is kind of going into it to, to kind of go after uh, Mike Wardian's record of having the fastest average. I think everybody should really be getting out the door every day and going after what they're like truly excited about. And it doesn't have to fall into this like straight, like linear line, you know? Today's episode is with David Kilgore. David is an ultra-distance athlete, a Lost Boys Track Club member. He's represented the US in the trail team, and he's head of Outdoor Athlete Innovation for On, as well as being sponsored by Red Bull. The list goes on. And the list David is currently working through is the World Marathon Challenge. The World Marathon Challenge is an amazing logistical and physical challenge to run seven marathons on seven continents in seven days or 168 hours. In January and February of this year, the first marathon kicked off in Antarctica and was followed by Cape Town and Perth in Australia. Still to go is Dubai, Madrid, Fortaleza and Miami in North America. We recorded this conversation a week or so before David set off for his first race. And as of recording this introduction on the 3rd of February, David has won the Antarctica Marathon in 3 hours and 23 minutes. He's then won the Cape Town Marathon in 2.58. And he's just won the Perth Marathon in 2.55. Crushing it. In this conversation, we delve into David's story, his love for the trails, curating On's trail athlete roster and getting an insight into his preparation for this huge challenge. A big thank you to David for coming on. Let's get into the conversation. David, thank you so much for, for coming on The Big Run. Really, really excited to, to, to jump into this conversation with you, get to know a little bit more about you, your story, your work with on running, your trail running. I mean, there's there's kind of there's kind of so much to to kind of get into. But what I normally do whilst I'm <laughs> whilst I'm waiting for the call to start, although this time you caught me out in this conversation because I was actually checking my emails and you jumped on the call. So you probably saw like a blank, vacant expression uh, upon first greeting me. But prior to that, I was uh, I was on your Instagram. I was looking through your profile and uh, I jumped on your Linktree kind of link. For people who aren't familiar with that, it's a way of like sharing links on a on a profile page. And I saw an IMDB link for you and you were a second AC slash loader, uh, AC being a, a camera assistant. That is not a string to your bow that I was aware of prior to that. Do you still do that? Is still that is that still part of your life? I mean, tell us tell us that story. Yeah, for sure, man. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on the, on the podcast. I'm super stoked to to be on and uh, be chatting with you. Um, but yeah, man, honestly, so when I first got out of school, I was kind of roaming around a little bit. Um, I did some stuff with like, like photo, um, not really too much video stuff. And, um, I was down in Florida, actually, I, my, my fiance now, but we were, uh, we were dating, we first started dating at the time. 
we moved down to Miami for a hot second. And I actually didn't realize um, initially um, what Molly's father did, but he is actually uh, a first AC um, and he's worked on like a plethora of different movies. Um, like, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard like Elf, The Joker, um, Hunger Games, so some big name stuff. Um, so yeah, he's definitely like a legend kind of in the field. And kind of when I was, I was doing a lot of odd jobs at the time and kind of like fresh into, I feel like adulting uh, or like, uh, my life. <laughs> and uh, he, he pulled me on and I, I worked, I worked alongside of him and got to do like a, a handful of like really cool big jobs um, with him. And so every now and then it's been a lot more scarce as I've gotten busier over the years, but uh, I'll still go on and uh, they call it day playing where I'll, I'll work mm-hmm. a day or so at a time. And um, or help prep camera gear, but yeah, dude, it's a, it's a, it was a really fun career and a, a really fun, uh, job for a while. And, um, it's, it's still fun to, to be able to kind of jump in and use that skill set whenever I, I want to mix it up, you know? I love that. I love that. And the, the day player, I was, uh, before a podcaster slash audio producer, I was, uh, I was an actor for, for 10 years. The day player thing means something completely different when you're in front of the camera to when you're behind it. You're David was probably working a lot harder than I was probably as a, as someone working in the, in the, in the camera department. But is there, is there another, is there a different in the multiverse? Is there a different version of your life where you had kind of followed that thread and you were like a, I don't know, would you be like a director of photography or director? Like, was there part of it that interested you in terms of progressing? Yeah, man, I, I honestly love doing it. Um, I feel like the, I, I probably, as you know, the hours are pretty, pretty insane most mm. of the time. Um, so I kind of, I feel like came in a, to a fork in the road. I was, I was kind of taking like a little bit of a hiatus from running and I, I got back into running a little bit, but I was kind of not training as much and kind of just like doing it, doing it whenever. And I, I just really started to enjoy the process of it, of it all again, and started to do it more while I was working all those hours. And I feel like I came to a decision where I was like, do I go this way or do I go that way? Um, just because I was like, I feel like I can't really continue down both because uh, I'm like running myself a little too ragged. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, I really wanted to be like more of a, a camera operator. And mm. uh, I love the people that I worked with. Um, but it was it was a really fun and exciting, uh, you know, job path. Yeah, super cool. The camera, the camera department is always the best department to hang out with on set. If you ever listeners have experience of that, but this is a running podcast. Don't worry, we are going to come onto that subject. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. If you stumbled upon this and you're like, "What they're talking about? What camera crews, focus pullers? What are you all about?" So you were saying your 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 running life was kind of taking more of a priority. So where where did it start for you? Where did your kind of running journey begin, and how 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 did it progress? Yeah, man. So when I was uh, when I was pretty young, I, I got lucky to be pulled into the sport at a, at a young age, and to have some like you know fantastic mentors and people in my life to to kind of guide me along the way and get me stoked on the sport um, that I feel like every now and then it's hard to get, especially like young kids stoked on. Um, and I I first initially started running by I do do you remember like um, I don't it's it was pretty big in the states, but it's called the Hershey's Track Meet. Hershey, I mean, Hershey's is in the, the chocolate bar Hershey's. Yeah, yeah, the chocolate bar. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, I've, I've only had like uh, one experience of Hershey's and this we're not going to get into a debate about which chocolate is better on the either side of the Atlantic, but I, I'm not familiar with the Hershey's track meet. I am familiar with the brand and the subpar chocolate, but that's that's yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a story for another time. Sorry, continue. Hitting Hershey's with the shade. <laughs> They're not sponsoring the podcast. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, there was there was a there's a track meet, and um, it, it was mostly for youth youth athletes. I don't think it exists anymore, 
But um, I was like the fastest kid in my like PE class or my gym class. Um, and I, I first went out for that and was like running like I think it was like a half mile race or something like that. And started to get into running a little bit. And then my, my dad is the one who really kind of like tipped the scale uh, to really get me into running. And he, he was at the gym, like working out all the time, uh, just getting like swole and buff. And then he was like, he's like, I'm getting a little too big. I want to like cut down some muscle or like whatever, like trim down. So he's like, I'm going to try to do like more of this like cardio situation. And I was just like a young kid. Um, I was probably in like sixth grade at the time. So I don't even, I don't even know how old you are then probably like 10 or 11 years old. And, um, and so, yeah, I just kind of was like looking up to him and I was like, Hey, can I come running with you? That looks mm. fun. I want to do this. And started to do that every now and then. And um, luckily enough, when he was still going to the gym, so I started picking up running a little bit more. And I was running like a mile or so a day, um, like on a treadmill and stuff like that when he was working out. And this this woman named Jackie Clifton saw me running on a treadmill and like approached me. And I'm like, you know, like a little kid. And I'm like, shy. I'm like, hey, you know, you want to go talk to my dad? Um, <laughs> and basically, she spoke to him and introduced uh, us all to my high school coach, whose name was Doug Butler. Mm. And he's like, I, I think the has the accolades of being the most like winningest coach uh, in Florida State history where I grew up uh, for like cross country and track uh, across the board. So yeah, I just got very lucky, I would say being introduced to, to him in that whole situation. And I think after that, my, my love for the sport and also I feel like my growth in the sport kind of just like escalated quite a bit. So what was the what was the key things for for making that sort of the the escalation? I'm curious. You said something earlier. It's kind of you were saying it's uh, quite difficult to get kids inspired about running at an early age. So what was it about that environment and maybe that coach that got you inspired in the way that it kind of clearly has? Yeah, man. I mean, I would say initially I was. Um... I was, I was pretty driven. And, and I think one of the things it's like, I don't know, I feel like if you usually like kind of like pretty good at something to, to start off with, um, that helps like, I don't mm. know, bo boost your interest in it, to, mm. especially like being young. So I definitely had a knack for, for running and I was doing pretty well uh, when, when I first met him. But I would say the, the environment that he fostered and then of course also him actually like aiding in like my maturity in, in the sport um, helped over the years after that. But I think just the environment that he curates um, is really strong. I think he's he keeps everyone super disciplined, but I feel like he also has this like light, airy side where he's like joking around. He's like implementing like fun things for the kids and like very like communal like type things. He's doing like pasta parties, like events at like parks. Um, he's doing uh, we did this thing called the Milk Mile. Uh, it's basically like a beer mile, but for like the PG <laughs> PG version. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, so certain things like that, and I think it just like really, you know, inspired uh, a, a lot of people to, to join in because it was a lot of fun. But then I think on top of that, other kids were seeing the success of him like producing like state champions and all these different things because we were also putting in a ton of work that kind of like curated that environment of people wanting to join the program, but also seeing like the fun, fun side of things. And I feel like I didn't really realize that, like kind of like most things in like hindsight mm. um, until like I was I was older um, and doing certain things. I was like, wow, that was like I was like, I had so much fun running in high school and it, it was just like such a different environment, you know. I love that. Yeah, so true. Hindsight is a glorious thing, isn't it? I mean, were, were there any particular like later on in your kind of running career? Were there any kind of particular kind of penny drop moments in like races or competitions where you kind of you where you joined the dots in terms of that, that the trajectory of 
the work that you've done with him in that environment and sort of seeing it actualized in a sort of racing context or in a running context? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I think primarily through my, my journey in college, I actually went to three different colleges um, that I ran for. So I feel like it's a, quite a spread. And I, I think probably towards my, my tail end of um, finishing up my like undergraduate degree uh, when I was like Florida, I had a, like a lot of time to reflect and I was... I went through two programs in my undergraduate uh, career and yeah, I just had a lot of time to reflect. I feel like, and I was like, Hey, like what was like so different that now I feel like a, a bit more not as like tied to running where before when I was in high school, I was like almost like beating at, I couldn't like wait to close my eyes at night to, to open my eyes the next morning to get out to, to do the next run where I was feeling a little bit more just like dragging, like burnt out. And, and I think it was just like also my personality type. I think it, it, it works for like a lot of people to, to be in certain environments. But I, I, I personally love the, the mixture of like, everybody's like working like as hard as they possibly can, but there's also like this like fun loving edge. Mm. Um, whereas a lot of like the, the universities that I went to were, were so deeply competitive um, that I feel like a lot of like goofy random things that I would do in, in high school or something like that, which, which makes sense. I would say like maturing in the sport as well. It mm. wasn't as like included um and so it just felt like i was like on all the time just like thinking about like getting faster and doing this and doing that um instead of having like a i feel like a mixture of like a lot of like fun enjoyment um and like social aspects um on top of like performance aspects is the goofy thing a quality do you think is important to hang on to as an athlete that sort of sense of fun and stuff like that because that's what comes across to me from from your kind of output on social media and everything you're kind of connected to a thousand percent and I, and I think kind of like having that realization after after school and thinking more back onto high school and being like hey what what changed between here and there um I think that's probably like my what I'm the biggest advocate for in the sport as well and in the sporting world because after I even got out of school or out of college I feel like there were certain times that I've I've been growing and getting faster but I've been doing like I'm not doing as structured of training as I was then and I'm just like hey, I feel like everybody should really be getting out the door every day and going after what they're like truly excited about. And it doesn't have to fall into this like straight, like linear line, you know? Mm, I love that as a, I love that as a training philosophy. I think the sort of, yeah, the, the, there is a temptation and I've certainly been guilty of it is to, is to find the comfort in the structure and the sort of rigidity and formality of a, of a prescribed training plan, but actually it can, and it has in, in personally suck, can suck the joy out of, out of this thing that you initially, you initially love. So what, I mean, we'll get to running up and down the Empire State Building and the solo TSP, but that feels like the sort of far end of the spectrum. But what was your, what were your distances? What were your events sort of uh, in, in college and sort of outside of college sort of slightly earlier back? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I had a, a pretty, I feel like typical spread when competing in college because um, I was more of a distance guy from like mm. 3K to 10K. A lot of cross country races are 8K, 10K. And then on the track I was doing, I mean, I guess all the way up to 10K as well, but 3K, 5K, 10K. And is that, I mean, is that still part of your, is that still part of your kind of your your roller deck of running or are you is your heart sort of tied to trail and endurance and ultra man uh, that is a great question my my heart is definitely on the on the trails and on the ultra side of things but there, there's still definitely a piece of me that that earns to do those those shorter distances every now and then and and again that's what 
I think it's helped me with like some of my longevity in the sport too, and kind of like have a bigger range in the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being as well living in New York City, so many people are more or less like training for a lot of the shorter races that are going on around here. So I feel like a lot of buddies still just like they're like, "Yo, Kilgore, like, like, come do this with me. Come do that with me. Let's let's jump into this." And so I I still frequently like dabble in that <laughs> stuff, and because uh, I get pulled into it to to have a you know a good time with some buddies. But um, but for the most part, if I if I really had to choose, I think uh, just like being in the trails and going far is you know what I what I really dig. I love that. Don't worry, no one's forcing you to make a decision. You're not gonna. It's like you know picking a favorite child or something like that. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. It's it's fine. It's fine. And I think you're right. I think that again, it goes back to that thing you were saying earlier of that sense of fun and that sense of like flexibility. That if say someone says you know it's indoor season at the moment, if some you want to come and get stuck into that maybe then 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 why the hell not i mean you know as long as you're kind of sensible and and sort of uh considered about it i can't i can't see the sort of major uh major disadvantages from doing something like that so to talk about where your heart truly is the trails where did that start for you where did that sort of what was your first encounter of that and and why why did it sort of drill a hole into your heart so deep I feel like I've always kind of been a like an outdoorsy guy, especially like when I when I found running. For for example, even when I was in high school, and um, I usually train really regularly with my team, but for the most part, me and my friends were like always in the woods, like finding like finding different trails, paths um, to like mountain bike on or or do different activities on. We we built like these like uh, different tracks, like uh, like bank tracks that we made like in the woods uh, to like mess around on. So I just kind of was always always drawn drawn to to being in the outdoors, and I kind of always joke about it um, how I got into ultras, but. A couple of my teammates, um, when I was at the University of Colorado, um, started to to kind of dabble in like trail and ultra running a little bit. I I, I saw it from them, um, and then I did one stage race, a, a trail stage race in uh, Chattanooga, and kind of like got um, some attention for it myself, or like got my chops wet, like enjoying it. And but I joke around that I didn't really know there were sub ultra distances um on the trail so i kind of jumped right into starting to do ultras uh right away of like 50ks and 50 milers without kind of hitting those uh shorter distance trail races and i'm just like oh i've gone too far now i guess i have to <laughs> i guess this is the way i have to live my life you know in for a penny in for a pound that's it now that's yeah. it yeah well you could do a trail half marathon ah it's fine. i mean so what was your first what was your first impression and what what had been your impression of that world prior to kind of dipping your toe into it i actually didn't know a ton about it i actually didn't know about it at all um until um there was a guy i went to school with named cameron clayton um who started to do uh i don't think that exists anymore either but there was a north face uh endurance series that took place mainly i think it was in north america and he did one that was like really popular and really competitive out in um near san francisco um Mm -hmm. and like the mirror woods and stuff like that and he came back and was like, tell me all about it. And I was like, dude, this is like crazy. I was like, this sounds like the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, and then I really had the first experience when I did that stage race um, in Chattanooga. And it, it kind of just like fully like blew my mind. Um, and it was it was kind of everything that I enjoyed about running that like came full circle again, t- to be honest. Um, I got to be on like really cool, like interesting, like fantastic, beautiful trails. Uh, but then also, since it was a stage race, it kind of like pulled me back in because a lot of people were out there just for, I would say just for like the love of the game kind of situation, you know, um, everyone's like camping out. It was, I think it was, I can't even like three or four days long. 
Um, and so everyone's just like camping out, hanging out together, like doing bonfires. People are out there just to kind of like do it as a challenge or get it done. And there's also people that were like very competitive and to, to get after it. And so it was just kind of a nice blend of people. And again, finding that balance, I was like, wow, like these people just kind of like, you know, I've, I vibe with them and I vibe with this, like, um, this atmosphere. Mm. So I just got really, really stoked and excited to kind of like jump full in after once I graduated from college. So cool. I'm curious that, that, that balance, and you know, we were talking earlier about the, the kind of the, the fun and the goofy side being important, but is there, is there an element of you and you've kind of touched on it a little bit that is also competitive as well. Like what, where does it oscillate for you? Like when, when you're doing a race like that, I mean, if you see a potential for, for a, for a place gain or for a, for a PB or a PR, like will you go for it? Like, is that, is that part of who you are as a runner as well? A thousand percent, man. Um, and I mean, I, I love being competitive and that's, I feel like what originally drew me to the sport. Um, I love competing. I mean, just across the board, like in games running, um, pretty much, pretty much anything, you know, if someone wants to jump in and be a little bit more competitive with me. <laughs> um, but uh, what I really love, I guess, about that that atmosphere is like there's like a give and a take. I mean, I understand that I want to go out and be competitive and kind of like put the gas pedal down and and get after it. But I feel like after the fact, um, I love just like a very like welcoming and like open atmosphere of people mm. just being like, yo, like we all just went and did that. That was like sick. Let's all kind of like trade stories and like like war stories of what we all just did. It doesn't matter if I ran like two and a half hours for a marathon and you ran five or, or whatever. It's like fun to just like congregate afterwards and, or do, even do other activities. Um, for example, like, again, like a lot of these people are like outdoorsy people that are like, Oh, we're going to go rock climbing. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. And that was like a little bit more in my vein. Whereas um, a lot of the, the atmospheres that I were in before were so structured that people were like, Oh, I can't like go skiing because I'm nervous about getting injured for this next big thing. And, blah, blah, blah. And, and again, it's all, it's all fair and kind of like to each their own, but mm. it's just, uh, something that I was like, Oh, like I, I, I kind of like to just bounce around and do like a, a million things. So, uh, that, that found more exciting to me, um, that balance of like this, like fun, willing, like openness to, to have everyone there as well as like being competitive. It's interesting you say that, but bounce around and do a million things. Cause you, you do strike me as someone who's a bit of a polymath. Like there's, there's lots of there's lots of different things you got going on. There's this, is it pit vipers? There's the, there's the, there's this, there's the on trail running team. Like, are you, are you a bit of a Renaissance man? Do you like to have like a lot of things going on? Is that part of who you are as well as a person? Yeah, it is, man. I, I mean, I really love, uh, yeah, that's the best way to say it. I, I love to, to have a, a ton of different things going on. And probably my favorite thing in life too, is just kind of, you know, exploring. Um, and I feel like that's like another aspect of, of trail running, mm. but exploring, uh, also different avenues and like careers and, and people, um, in my life. So I, I think that's, I think that's like fun and exciting too. I mean, I feel like I've, I've had discussions of course, uh, across the years with, with people and they're like, Oh, like, what are your other hobbies? I was like, honestly, I just like, I love what, what's exciting other people. Um, so I just like want to run into somebody and they're like, Hey, like, I'm going to go, dig this giant hole and make this new structure and do this random thing. I'm like, cool. Like, let's go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So if someone asks you, uh, 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 well, not dinner party, maybe you're at a dinner party. It doesn't matter. It's a hypothetical question, but if someone asks you what your kind of title is, what would you say then? Uh, like in my 
uh, like well, what would you do? Like, if you if you're someone who likes to be involved in like many things, you're a polymath. What, what would you describe yourself as first, or would you not? Like, well, how would you? Yeah, how would you sort of phrase it as a as a, on the LinkedIn profile or a, a dinner party? That's a good question, man. I mean, I would probably say I'm a I'm an athlete or or a runner, and then kind of like go into to the other ways that I'm like involved in this like space. You know? So what are those other ways then for people who might not be familiar? Because we talk, yeah, there's Pit Vipers as a work with uh, with the on trail running team that you curated, I believe. Um, like, so yeah, what are the other what are the other strings to the to the Kilgore bow? Dude, well put, my friend. Well put. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith. <laughs> yeah, serious. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so I've I've been with on for the past almost four and a half years now, mm. and. I, I've had a interesting role, uh, basically almost in starting with them, where where I I'm kind of have like a dual purpose. When I first started, I was on the the tech and sales team, um, uh, but also was an athlete as well. So I was like competing and stuff still, um, and that's kind of grown over the years um, until the job I have now, and that is um, I'm in charge of our our global athletes for the like outdoor sector. Um, so all of our like trail and ultra athletes. And it kind of plays hand in hand. And, and I think that's why I guess I would like describe myself um, generally as like a like an athlete or like a like a, a runner or something, just because I feel like a lot of this like is like an umbrella that goes down. Um, I feel like, again, my my main passion is to, you know, to find different avenues in the sport um, and kind of like help grow those as well with um, any kind of like tools or unique ways that I that I best know how. And I, I think this is one of them. And it's, it's been really exciting over the last year. We've, we started to formulate more of a, a structured trail team um, at on. And I, I've, uh, you know, had the joy of uh, helping assembly, assemble that and put that together. Um, and again, man, it, it's just like so exciting because, because again, I, I get to work hand in hand with not only my, my colleagues and, and people at on that are um like-minded and and want to do like really cool space stuff in the running space but also all the other uh trail athletes um that are that are on the team and i get to you know run with run with on a regular basis basis compete with um and also just kind of like build super you know entrepreneurial ideas with that's super cool like and i, I love that idea of putting together a team like the Again, you know, we were talking about movies and films earlier, but instantly I think of like the a sort of A-team slash maybe a Guy Ritchie kind of montage, kind of, you know, the team being assembled. But, you know, day one, you know, the first meeting, there's a blank page. How, how does one, or what are the thoughts that you consider when you are curating a trail team? So full disclaimer, we've had, uh, it hasn't been released yet, but I interviewed Zach a couple of weeks ago. What was it a week ago? About 11 days ago. So a fantastic, fantastic person to, to have on the team. But yeah, how does how does one uh, go about curating a team and, and what were the things that you were considering when assembling that team and putting it together? Dude, shouts to Zach, man. I love Zach Freely. He's uh, such an awesome dude. Oh, um, loved the conversation. Like mind-blowing, like, yeah, his whole spiritual thing in, in India blew my mind. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for that episode. <laughs> that was a receiver, man. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I think it's a, I look at a, a few different, a few different things when, when I'm, you know, assembling a team and bringing people together. There's also, of course, like the, I feel like first and foremost is always like a performance aspect. Um, you know, these, these are athletes who want to, to be placing on podiums and high performing, setting records, going after really cool endeavors and challenges. Then the next thing is, um, I would say a layer of like personality, like what else are they really bringing to the table and 
um, or like bringing to the world really. Um, like how, how are they using their own personal talents and their own, like, I would say the brand image to, to do that. And then probably the third thing is just like, I would say kind of uh, like team atmosphere. Um, do, do they seem like they're a bit more like, I feel like everyone's a little bit of a lone wolf, but it's like, um, like in general, but like, it's, do, do they like to fit in with people? Do they want like more of this like team chemistry? And cause that's where we're truly trying to build this more of like a, a team cohesive atmosphere. So those are probably the, the main three things, um, that I look for when, when I was recruiting, mm. um, athletes and you know, when I'm still recruiting athletes now. Oh, so there's more members to be potentially added to the roster. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're about to to release um, in the next couple of months a, a handful of uh, new athletes that'll be added to the roster. Mm, okay, exciting, exciting, exciting times. Look out, look out for that. So, just to to zoom out a little bit in terms of trail running as as a whole, because it feels like, and I I sort of caveat this by saying I I mean I have run on the trails. I don't know whether I would identify as a trail runner, but from someone from the outside looking in and from the individuals we've had on the podcast before and other people I've spoken to, it's this this sector of the kind of running ecosystem that has just exploded in popularity in a relatively short space of time, like within the kind of whole story of running. And it's always I'm always curious to get people's perspectives on why that is within the space. Why, why do you think it has kind of ballooned where there's multiple events there's such visibility within the sport and people's appetite for going further and longer and doing even more extreme things in even more beautiful locations just can't seem to be sort of quenched really yeah um yeah it's an excellent question i mean i i personally think kind of what you alluded to alluded to a little bit i mean I think people are drawn to the outdoors and I mean, I think just um, it adds a layer to it, just getting to go to these like magnificent, like beautiful place and really kind of explore these different places um, on foot. I feel like that's like, it's unimaginable and, um, and it's kind of like unbeatable. I, I mean, especially if people had a, I don't know, a lineage um, sort of like myself of like being in like track and like cross country, um, all those things are like good and well and, and fun. But I also think it's just, um, um, if, if you feel any type of, I guess, like burnout from that, or just kind of like, um, looking for like a new way to focus your energy, I, I think that the trail and ultra world is, is there and it's a new, exciting, like plunge to, to kind of go into instead of always trying to like hammer down these like incredibly fast times, it's like going further, um, and also just being on like a challenging new type of terrain. So I think it's kind of like a mixture uh, of all those things and, and probably also it's, again, like alluding back to like atmospheres. I think the atmosphere in the trail running world too is just kind of like a little bit more uh, like laid back and chill. Um, I feel like it's a, a new age, like almost like it's like surf and like skate culture kind of, um, mm. but for running, I feel mm. like it's like on the trail. So I feel like it's a definitely much more like laid back type uh, situation where people are like, yeah, like there's people out here that are like really throwing the gauntlet down. And there's also people out here just like, getting after these crazy distances and mm. just kind of live their life, you know? That's such, I think that's, you really hit the nail on the head there. I think that analogy to sort of the, the, the sort of surfing skating culture is, is the perfect kind of, yeah, sort of uh, comparison there where there's like sort of real humbleness, but also it's contextualized by someone doing something absolutely outrageous, like running a hundred miles or 340 miles in your case, Segway to the TSB yeah. <laughs> solo project. So let's track back to your kind of running lineage then. I mean, we've had people from the, 
Oh, for God, for God. Who is it? This should... <laughs> Yeah, it's the cat, cat barking. It's the cat barking. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's all good. It's all good. So we've had um, we've had uh, people from the from the Speed Project on the on the show before. I think people are are quite familiar with the um, with the kind of rules and the kind of context to the event. But the solo elements something that's only been introduced in the past sort of like three years. Is that right? It's a relatively new thing. Um, where, when did it come on your radar? Why did you decide to take on the challenge? Um, and talk to us a little bit about running 340 miles from uh, LA to, to Vegas on your own. Dude, it is rowdy. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rowdy time. Um, I would, I would, uh, I would say go for it though. You know, you gotta, you gotta get out there. <laughs> I, I'm not saying, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for the time being like maybe a team, but certainly not, certainly not on my own, but I'm, I'll happily watch or, you know, cheer from the sidelines. I'll crew for you, but I, I won't run it on my own. <laughs> yeah, man. When I first, uh, so I, I first did TSP in 2018 and I was on a, a relay team with, um, the brand Tracksmith uh, met a lot of cool people and a lot of good friends being out there and kind of got really familiar with um, like Scotty and Nils and like blue and all those guys that, that um, curate the, the event of TSP. And so I think it was in, I think it was in 2019, there was rumbles or something about um, cause th that year that I ran, um, I ended up doing like a lot of miles on the relay team too. Um, and so there was rumbles about there being a solo and, um, I had still just been, um, I mean, it's still very far, but I've been doing just, uh, like 50 Ks and 50 mile type races. I wasn't embarking on like hundred mile or 200 mile races or anything like that. And so someone asked me about it, um, originally there and it was just kind of like whispers and I was like, dude, there's no way <laughs> that I'm ever going to do that. That was like a nightmare. I just ran like whatever, like 70 or 80 miles, um, uh, on the relay team and it was, I felt terrible. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then fast forward till 2021 <laughs> and yeah, I, I believe I was, I was chatting with Nils and he was like, would you be down to do this? He's like, we're going to have the first ever solo thing. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's do this. And, um, yeah, I just kind of like, I, I feel like I had done a few, few things. Um, before then I ran like a hundred miles and I feel like my body was really kind of like just like getting into that zone. And I was like, yeah, I think I can handle this and I can do it. And so, yeah, I decided to, to go for it in 2021. I, I finished and then I tried to do it again, 2022. And I ended up having to, to drop out about halfway. What was the, what was the story behind you pulling out in 2022? Yeah, man, honestly, I just got banged up. Um, I was, I was running and um, I was having like some pretty like, like bad, like ankle and like Achilles pain. Um, that was like, I was kind of like messing around with, um, going into the race and it just like really fl flared up. I, I ran like 105 miles, like the, the first day. And I was really trying to like, just like punch it home, um, to try to set like a, a solid new, you know, time. Uh, cause it, I feel like I had already finished the race the first, the first year. I feel like I was like, I really just want to get to the finish line. Um, and then, uh, the second year I came back, I was like, I just kind of really want to you know, go for it and yeah, throw some speed in there and see what happens. So a hundred miles in the first day. Yeah. hundred miles in the first day. Um, and it was actually really funny. It was really fun too, man, because the guy that I was 
running pretty much neck and neck with his name is Jason Ayer. Um, and he was on my original speed project team um, on the relay. Uh, and he's a, you know, great, great runner himself, good marathon runner. And um, so we were kind of like going hand in hand and we ended up both uh, dropping out. Um, but yeah, my, my, my Achilles and my ankle just got like really like beat up. It was like bruised and like swollen. And I was, I was kind of just like limping along and I, I pretty much like hobbled along for about like 20 miles or so. And then um, I just knew that I was like, Hey, this is not like, this is progressively getting worse. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I have a lot more things to do this year. So I had to just like, uh, like pull out, um, uh, but it's never fun to do that. You know, mm, is that, is that being put to bed that thing? Or is it something that you potentially would revisit if the conditions were right? Speed project. Mm, solo. I think so, man. I mean, I think this year it's, uh, definitely like put to bed. Uh, cause after the last two years, I was like, Hey, I, I think I need a year off and, mm. um, to like recalibrate, maybe go after some, uh, you know, just like different goals. Cause I feel like one thing that I've I've had going for me my my whole life and hopefully that continues on. But uh, I feel like I've been pretty um, just like injury free. Like my body's like really solid. Um, so I feel like I can do like a a plethora of things and kind of just like get back out there pretty pretty quickly. And I would definitely say that the speed project definitely kind of like knocked me on my ass uh, quite a bit. Um, but both times really. Uh, but definitely the first time I I finished up and I had something to do actually the like four days later where I had to go um, work out really hard on this like treadmill for this like thing I was doing. And I was just like, I was so gassed. I, I ended up, uh, I think a day after I, I finished speed project, I also just like randomly like passed out in a, in an Uber, <laughs> which is like super weird. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it was, it was a doozy man, but uh, definitely a journey, <laughs> journey of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah rowdy i go back to your initial comment rowdy it certainly sounds right rowdy the whole no rules thing really does does ring true look look after yourself david the, the listeners are worried that sounds that sounds traumatic i mean what are the challenges for this year then if that's not on the radar and rightfully so by by your description like are there are there races on on the calendar targets that you do have in mind that um, are maybe a bit more palatable yeah man so i'm i'm leaving in uh, about a week from today um and i'm heading out to uh south africa and cape town um and i'm doing the the world marathon challenge which is uh seven marathons seven days seven continents uh that kicks off on the 31st of january <sighs> okay right i am familiar with this but for people who aren't how so it's seven marathons seven days kicks off in south africa then where do you go so the first marathon is actually so we all congregate there because it's a it's a collective and a group of people. Mm -hmm. um, so the first one on January thirty first is on in Antarctica. Then we uh, travel back to South Africa and Cape Town for the second one. Then Perth in Australia, Dubai for Asia, Madrid for Europe. Probably pronouncing this wrong, but Fortaleza in like northern Brazil, and then Miami for uh, North America. Wow. Okay. I'm just thinking of all of the kind of logistical kind of questions. So you start off in Antarctica. Yes, sir. Oh my Lord. Okay. So how, how have you been sort of preparing for the varying kind of conditions that you're going to be sort of facing and like how, how, I mean, how have you been preparing kind of training wise or, I mean, have you not? I mean, what's, well, yeah. How have you been getting ready for it? Yeah. For the most part, man, I feel like a most of the time my training is pretty similar like across the board. I feel like I train like almost like I'm training for a, a marathon, um, but I'll add like different uh, 
different things in there. For example, if I'm training for like a hundred mile race, I'll, I'll throw in some like back-to-back long runs, um, um, and extend my long runs a little bit or, um, something like this. I'll, I'll throw in a little bit more like consistent doubles, um, during the week. Um, just cause, cause a part of it, I feel like is, um, it's really like the recovery and like the turning around piece of, uh, like running a marathon every day for, for a week. Mm. Um, and that's, that's kind of the main switch ups that I do, but I feel like there's, I'm always incorporating like, like speed work and like long runs and stuff like that, that are pretty much like staples across the board. The basics of yeah. course, but also the kind of traveling logistics of it as well. So you're, you'll complete the marathon and then you move adjusting to the time zones, like that kind of like your, your kind of circadian rhythm being knocked out as you move around the globe. I mean, are you just going to kind of suck it up or have you been kind of thinking of ways to sort of cope with that? Yeah, man. I mean, for the, for the most part, I, yeah, I'm super interested to, to see the plane, to be honest, because uh, we'll be all traveling together on a basically like a plane that's chartered for all the participants in the, in the event. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how like the setup is to, to see how much uh, shut eye and sleep <laughs> and recovery and rest everybody can get. But for the most part, I'm, I, I fare pretty lucky, I would say, most of the time, too, with uh, I travel quite frequently. Um, and I think this past year I traveled the most I ever have in my life. Um, so I think it was like a, a good training for this. Uh, but also, I, I, I feel like I fare quite, quite nicely, usually with uh, just not being jet lagged too, too often. Um, and I, I do pretty well with just I feel like the whether it's a good or a bad thing, the, the light of the day, you know, kind of like if it's light out, I feel like I'm. I'm up and ready to go, even if it's like an odd part of the day somewhere else. And if it's dark, I'm just like ready to pass out. I feel like if there are any sort of scientists listening to this, we need to get a sample of David's DNA and find out what it is so that we can cultivate that uh, sort of lack of injury and uh, immunity to jet lag and uh, maybe turn it into a multi-million pound product to distribute to runners around the world i mean with with that with that event i mean is there is there time goals in mind like is there just going back to that kind of competitive side of you like are there are things you're aiming at in terms of your yeah, times or is there is there a competitive thing in terms of ranking with the other runners that you're doing it with or are you just looking to kind of get through those seven days yeah man i mean i would love to i would love to win it um and have the fastest average time and my main goal is kind of going into it to to kind of go after uh mike wardian's record of having the fastest average which, which is, is uh, he ran around right around 245 uh per marathon um or that that's what his average because i think his antarctica one was a little slower and then his other ones were a bit faster and who is on the radar that may be sort of uh, kind of competition for you on the uh, on the other competitors? I don't know, man. I'll have to I'll have to see on the day. I'll have to see uh, who's out there, uh, who who we're gonna go head to head with. Okay, so how many people are on the plane? Is it just the people that are on the plane that are doing it, or is there more? Yes, yeah, so just the people on the plane. Uh, there's around, I think, right now, like forty five or forty seven competitors. Wow, that is wild. All of them slowly getting sort of more and more fearful as the end of January approaches. I mean, so you must be sort of winding down mileage wise then kind of getting sort of tapering down ready for it. Yeah, man, I can't believe it's already here. It seems like the last couple of months had just like, like blown by. I mean, January, especially. I feel yeah. like it, it was just New Year's. It's like the 18th or something now, the 19th. Oh, it's fast approaching, (laughs) fast approaching. Wow. Well, I mean, all the best for that. It sounds wildly, wildly exciting. And I I feel like there'll be another interview down the line to reflect on, to reflect on that experience and kind of, you know, where you end up and where you go mentally and physically over those, 
over those seven days as you take on the as you do take on the marathon distance. And I mean, there's obviously exciting things coming for for the on trail team as well. I mean, we talked to Zach; he was going to uh, to do something in New Zealand. It was a UTMB, I think, event that he was doing in in, in New Zealand. Um, sounds like a really kind of exciting year, kind of looking ahead for 2023. But but looking back for you as a runner and kind of reflecting over your your kind of career as a runner if you if you want to call it that i mean <laughs> this is one of the expansive questions that i ask to, to all of our guests towards the end of our conversations but looking back over that career have there been any moments for you where things perhaps haven't quite gone to plan that have taught you uh, a valuable lesson upon reflection yeah without a doubt man i mean um i think when so when i first got out of school um out of college i um i took a big break from running because i was like oh this wasn't fully you know, what it used to be to me. And I think I'm just kind of like, you know, ready for something else. And I was like, I want to like do a different career. I want to do a different, um, like, I don't really want to run as like a sport either and just kind of like take a big hiatus. And I think when I was coming back to the sport, uh, it taught me, you know, one of like the, the most valuable lessons. I feel like I was just in such a really competitive um, atmosphere before. And again, which I, which I definitely enjoyed. But also, I, I feel like I, I got to meet so many different people, especially being in New York City. And that's kind of like what helped me refine my love for the mm. sport, um, using running in different ways and um, having a more like communal spirit around it all. And just kind of like, you know, f- let me find like a joy in it again and find joy in, in my life um, in, in that part of it as well. So um, I think that was you know, one of the the most exciting things uh, or lessons that I've learned was, you know, to kind of continue to, you know, like follow your heart, follow your passion, follow what's like really exciting you and um, never fully like close any doors um, that you mm. think are, you know, closed. Um, but always, you, you know, leave a crack because you don't know what's going to happen along the way and how you can take your life experiences to to put them in other other moments and kind of like improve um, different aspects of either your own life or other people's lives or, you know, so. I think that was a, that was a great one. Like something that, well, I mean, that was a lovely response and I love that sentiment of like, no doors ever closed, but like a particular failure as a runner or a mistake or something that perhaps didn't go your way. Um, I feel like, yeah, but that, that response was, was lovely. And I love that. Yeah. I love that sentiment of like never closing off any doors. Like there's sometimes a thing, I don't know whether you've encountered it. Well, I certainly have as a runner when perhaps things don't go your way and you immediately dis- disregard something. Cause like, well, that's not for me. That's it. That thing's closed. And I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of lovely sentiment to be had. And yeah, like you say, just leaving that little crack open in the door because you never know what might come around. It might be 340 miles. It might be a 3k around the track. It might even be a 60 meter indoor sprint. Who knows? Love that response. So second expansive question for a man who's sort of dipped his toes into many kind of running waters. Are there any myths out there in the world of running? Things that you're like, "Mm, I think that's probably nonsense that you'd like to take this opportunity to debunk for the listeners. Dude, I love that. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, um, I feel like a classic one. Uh, I can't think of anything else. I feel like a lot of other running like type myths are pretty true. Like, you know, nipples chafing, uh, <laughs> no toenails, like, uh, but I, I mean, I, I would say the pasta situation. I think everybody's like, like gung ho to always like crush pasta and stuff like that be- before a race. And honestly, I think it's just like having the right calories and the right 
thing that's uh that's for you um but i mean i hate to i hate to throw shade at the pasta game man because i love pasta so uh yeah you know don't want to don't want to throw stones at the the italians or anything (laughs) the italian listeners are already getting going to the airport they're flying directly to you no but i think that's that's a really good point and i've certainly been guilty of that as well is like seeing other people doing it or reading about it or seeing stuff on social media of like oh, okay i'm gonna eat like a ton of stuff before like a marathon or a long run or something like that and actually having a really bad time of it it's because it's a, it's it's a, a it's another huge component of of your training is training your kind of gut really to get used to what you actually need to be able to to perform so yeah that's a that's a that's a nice one to sort of put out there in the ecosystem and i'm sorry don't worry i'm gonna eat some i'm gonna eat some tortellini right after this conversation just to readdress the balance because it's uh evening where i am in the uk and it's only the afternoon there so i'll, I'll get some uh some penne on the boil and everything will be right in the world and that feels like a a lovely if somewhat stupid point to end our conversation on david thank you so much for for coming on for sharing your stories can we can we follow your progress for this seven marathons in seven days? Like, if people are, are curious in terms of watching how it all unfolds, like checking the average time, like, is there somewhere people can go to sort of keep track of it all? Yeah, man. Um, I'll be I'll be posting like quite frequently on my social channels. So uh, mostly through my Instagram. It's just my name, David Kilgore. Um, so I'll be like doing stories, giving updates. Um, that'll probably be the, the quickest I would imagine. And then, um, I'll have to double check with the actual site. I don't know if there's any kind of like live trackers, uh, on the, on the day that you can follow along on the site, but, um, I'll definitely be, uh, keeping everyone up to date on, uh, through all my live, live chats, you know, love it. Well, good luck to you. And, uh, we'll put the, uh, the links to, to your socials and, uh, we'll, we'll have a look and see if there is any live tracking as well. And I'll put it in the, in the show notes. If you, if you are listening and you want to watch that madness unfold, I'll certainly be checking out your Instagram as you, as you travel around the world. It sounds like an amazing adventure, David. Thank you so much for taking the time today and for, for bringing a, a brilliant guest on the big room. Yo, much appreciated, man. It's been a pleasure. A big thank you to David for coming on and sharing his story. If you want to keep track of this challenge, it's absolutely outrageous and is happening as we speak. And David is continuing to crush it. You can follow the race via his updates, like he said, on his Instagram at David Kilgore. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you head over to the worldmarathonchallenge.com, that's worldmarathonchallenge.com, you can check out all the live updates that they post there for all the other athletes and events that they run in this crazy adventure. Keep it up, David. I hope the rest of the marathons go well. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I'll see you next time for The Big Rump.